hello and welcome to Friends Reunion, Woo! invite podcast that we do on Friday afternoons. That's me, yeah. Mary Kay, and Danielle Riendo. Hello. Hello. Happy New York Friday. Happy New York Friday. <laughs> I'll, I'll get it to you in a New York Friday. <laughs> you know, that's sort of an expression that we use all the time. Yeah, we say it a lot here. Uh, yeah. Often. Uh, I do, anyway. I actually kind of yeah. do sometimes, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, how, are, how uh, are you? How are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> it got cold. It got really, and I don't want to talk about the weather too much. It's okay. Because it's that's on brand. Never, it's okay. It's it is on brand. We do do that. Um, it got cold, yeah. and it got windy. Yeah. And I'm not crazy about either of those things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i feel like i can feel the breeze in my room sometimes that's not if it were hot out that would be great yeah but i think new york apartment buildings were built with these big windows because of um like miasma or something or like disease (laughs) yes i think that's why i think it's why like they wanted circulation or whatever right yeah, we do all live in disease buildings. It's it's really actually yeah, the case. But, it's not a lie. But what that means also is that you have these huge heat like exit points. Yeah. For um for the winter. So like I have a space heater in my room and I'm still cold. That's not because all the good. heat is just going out the windows and it's like why are these like single glass panes that just all the heat is like evaporating out of? It's horrible. It's not, it's not good. And it's frustrating because a lot of us don't get to control our heat at all, like whatsoever. And I think a lot of people who don't live in New York don't know that. That <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, most listen, of us don't have live, any control over it. <laughs> yeah. One of the few things I miss about my old building is that we had a thermostat. Yeah. And we had a central air. So oh, that, yeah. 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 So, like, in the summer, we could turn it on and keep it cool. And in the winter, it was pretty warm. But most buildings, most older buildings, have steam heat. Uh, they have radiators, yeah. which just sort of go on and off. I don't really know how they decide. There's probably a thermostat where if it gets to a certain degree, they turn it up. Yeah. Um, and that's probably where the, you know, the landlord's henchman goes and warms it up with their butt cheek or whatever, you know, so they don't have God. to pay for the heat as much. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Something like that probably happens a lot. TBH. Um, there's always some shenanigans. There's always shenanigans there. I feel like there's never not shenanigans when it comes to anything in New York. Um, but we all live in this magical city. Mary, are you are you having the feelings of like, man, I love living in this city and I I sure miss the things that I love about living in this city sometimes. You having any of those feelings now that we're almost a year into this quarantine? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like. Living in a big city during the pandemic has been like, on the one hand, obviously, there are certain things that are nice about it, like. You can still get food delivered. Yeah. Um, But it's been such a transformation that it feels like, okay, well, now I am living (laughs) 
in one of the most expensive cities in the world uh, to stay in my house all day. Right. (laughs) Right. Like, which, okay, honestly, like, I think a lot of this is just having the option psychologically makes a big difference. Right. Like the option to do something, knowing that you could be doing something, even if you aren't doing it. But like being trapped in like this, this place where you are, yeah, you're paying so much money to live in one of the greatest cities in the world. And it's shut down. It's dead. It's like in a coma. Um, I, yeah, there's just so many, you know, museums, so many parties, so much stuff that I think is really easy for people to say like, okay, well that, you know, it's, um, like a privilege to have those things or whatever and like that that's true but like i think like a lot of these conversations about about privilege and stuff the 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 answer isn't like no one should have those things it's that everyone should yes right um yeah and i think what we've seen in like over the past year is like how essential culture is like how much we need it how much we need, like, not just contact with other people, but, like, you know, social events, whether that's, like, a party or, like, going to church or whatever, and how much we need, like, culture, whether that's, like, going to a movie theater and seeing a blockbuster or going to a museum or whatever just to participate in something with other people is, like, so essential to just, like, you know, mammals mainly, (laughs) um, I think. And, uh, and, and we are, we are mammals, right. And we're animals and we need, we need that stuff. And it's been really hard to live somewhere where normally that stuff would be so close and to just have it totally cut off. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that I noticed on when I had a few days off, you know, in the beginning of the year, like, or we had, we had a little bit of a, of a break kind of in between uh, game of the year stuff and then, you know, kind of the new year. And normally what I like to do on any staycation is that's museum time for me. That's when I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, it's a Monday. I'm going to go to a museum. And that's like kind of the only time I'm excited to go into Manhattan. I'm not going to lie. Like, well, obviously there's great museums in in Queens and Brooklyn and the Bronx as well. Sorry, I have no idea if there are any (laughs) museums in Staten Island. And I'm laughing at the very thought. You know what? <laughs> we are going to. I, I got to find out now. Yeah. Now we need to know. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. Um, I actually really love the Brooklyn Museum, by the way. It's it's fucking fantastic. I live. Well, I feel like I've said before, but I, <laughs> sure. I realize like I'm like, do I want to say you that? You want to say that I on live the podcast? <laughs> close yeah. to the Brooklyn Museum. For sure. Um, And. I, I think, and I am a member there just because it's a great, it's awesome. You know, it's a great institution organization. They do so much like cool community stuff. I should just go. Um, I think they have like a limited number of like drop in. Yeah. Like if you can socially distance among the exhibits, I'm sure. it's Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. you're supposed to book tickets, I think, but I think there's a limited number of like, you can just go. Sure. Also, there are um, a bunch of museums on Staten Island. Okay. What? All right. I, you know what? I should not be so mean to Staten Island and I shouldn't laugh at it. What, what are some of these delights that we could be going to? 
Yeah. The Snug Harbor Cultural Center. Oh, okay. All right. I uh, don't know what that is because yeah. in TripAdvisor, when I try to click on it and see it, it makes me want, it says, open the app. And I do not have the app or want to sign No, you in. don't want that little owl um, in your phone? There's the Staten Island Children's Museum. Okay. Okay. I used to love children's museums when I was a child. I thought they were oh, great. Yeah. They were fantastic. Yeah. National Lighthouse Museum. Okay. Now that one, that one I would go to. I love a good lighthouse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's the uh, Jacques Marche Museum of Tibetan Art. Oh, okay. That sounds cool. And um, that's pretty much it. Okay. All right. Well, There's, Oh, Historic Richmond Town. Historic Richmond Town. Yeah. So there are. There are. Okay. We've don't got count, museums. Don't count out Staten Island just yet. I shouldn't. You know, I shouldn't. I'm doing the New York thing. I've been here more than five years. Therefore, I'm doing the thing. <laughs> but yeah, all right. That's fair enough. I would love to go to at least two or three of those. Um, so maybe I will have to do that and I will report back when it's safe to do so. I am also mostly vaccinated at this point. Yeah. Um, which is really exciting for me. Uh but I'm not I'm not actually doing many things different in my life. Once my month after my second shot is up i might do a little bit more of my gym Mm -hmm. um but it's still there's still a lot of question marks i still might be getting tested a lot just to make sure i can't be a carrier basically uh even if like i'm okay it there the question is still out on whether or not you could carry it to other people who are unvaccinated so Mm. yeah the only change that's even possible is going to be hey maybe i can go to my gym where people are getting tested every week anyway um where people are being very safe but Anyway, we'll see. And maybe I could go to a museum. You know, maybe that would be, you know, a safe activity for me once uh, once that's all done. But, um, yeah, I mean, the real purpose of me being vaccinated is that I see COVID patients all the time. So that's right. there, was, there yeah. was like a reason for it. It's not just so me, Danielle, can go to a museum. So just, you know, obviously, because <laughs> that would be pretty fucked up. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just genuinely miss, like, having... I love going to a museum with other people. I think it's actually one of the most fun first dates that you can go on. Like, that's my, like, ideal first date is, like, not a drink but a museum. And I know maybe that makes me a fucking nerd. I kind of don't care. I love it as, like, a cute first date idea. Because, like, it takes some of the pressure off because you always have something to talk about. It's mm-hmm. it's fun in general. Like even if the date doesn't click, you still have a good time. It's enriching on some level. Um and it like, you know, is like a nice springboard of topics to talk about with your date, et cetera, et cetera. I also love going to museums alone though. Um and just like immersing myself completely and not having any social pressure and just being like I'm going to sit here and stare at something for yeah. 20 minutes, half an hour maybe and just like that's it. <laughs> and like just completely lose myself in whatever this art or this historical object is and just like enjoy that quite a bit. So. Yeah. That's my fave thing. I think is just like going on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, when you're a kid, you don't get to go to museums or places like that, like by yourself. Right. right? And right. so you have to, you're, you're usually with like a school group or like your parents, or your family. Yeah. So you have to sort of keep moving at their pace. Yeah. But if you just go on your own, especially if you go 
to museum where like you have a membership, so there's no pressure to like see everything. Oh my God. Yes. Um, you just like go and like walk around and just like vibe, just find something that like vibes with you and just like, you know, bask in it and then be like, all right, I'm going to go get lunch. God. Yeah. It's come back next week. Yeah. It's such a good feeling. That's to me. Like that was, you know, when I got the membership at the Berlin museum, I was like, that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. And then of course it's been hard to go. Right. Um, because of everything, (laughs) but I recommend it. I do wish we had somewhat more outdoor museums. I know it's obviously so difficult with space constraints and weather in New York. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm feeling that. That also used to be my go-to for like if I was nervous about a big competition and I had like a day mm. off, I would always go to a museum to like actually kind of center myself. Like especially an art museum where it's all vibes a lot of the time. Um, mm-hmm. Just fucking enjoy myself uh and chill out one day one day we will enjoy these things again i like a nice aquarium for that you know just hang out with fish look at the fishies yeah it's really enjoyable ah well i guess we have video games (laughs) yeah you can go to a museum in a video game (laughs) they're actually Weirdly, were a lot of like bigger games with museums. I feel like in the last uh, year or two, like I know there was a probably the best part of um, the Last of Us Two was set in a museum. Um, that oh, was yeah? actually really cool. <laughs> that was like a really really cool part. There was a. Um, I'm not gonna spoil anything for people who want to hear about it, but there was a segment that was um, sort of like a happy day for Ellie when she was a teenager, and she like. Uh, was taken to a dinosaur exhibit and then a space exhibit, which are both things that are fun to look at and experience. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was a really genuinely cool part of that game that I really enjoyed. So, yeah. Uh, I like Bubsy 3D. Bubsy visits the James Terrell oh, perspective. Oh, hell yes. yes. That's a fun one. That is an excellent, excellent, excellent call. I like the... um. Now, I forget the name of it, but it was basically a video game water textures museum uh, that was, I'm going to have to look that up and put it in the show notes, but it, it was a very mm. cool, like, museum of just dozens and dozens of, like, water textures. And they're all, they all have, like, you know, they're just sort of labeled and, like, you're walking through a 3D space and you're looking at these different, like, water textures. Um, yeah. Must look that up because that is genuinely very fucking cool to look at. And, uh, yeah, video games can actually be really cool museums. I know some folks really loved the kind of museum mode in uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, which was the ancient Egypt uh, sort of game from a few years ago. I know a lot of folks had a lot of fun, like, learning about some of the architecture and that and kind of treating it like a museum because that's, to me, sometimes big games are most interesting from that perspective of like, Oh, how this was built, how, what the buildings look like, what the structures look like, how, how spaces are constructed, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Fun. Uh, Paul, our producer on this one has uh, pointed out that you may have been talking about Pippin bars. VR three. Yes, 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 yes. VR three. Thank you so much. Which is a museum about, water in games yes which is 
Pippin Barr, great designer. Hell yeah. Um, thank you so much, Paul. I Thank you. I was like picturing it and then I was like, fuck, I, I'm going to need to look it up. <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've played. Oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, Pippin Bar actually has a lot of uh, of games that have to do with museums because I'm pretty sure that he made that uh, Marina Abramovich game. Oh, yes, he did. Awesome. Uh, which was years ago, but um, yeah, actually, you know what, Pippin Bar? If you don't know who Pippin Bar is. Go to pippinbar.com and just like check out his games. He's been making like really dope shit for like over a decade. He's like such a smart, cool guy. Um, I don't know. I when I used to curate a site where it was just like really short, fast indie games. Yeah. Uh, I his stuff showed up all the time because it's just like little arcadey things that really make you think about the mechanics of like what you're doing. Yeah. I just realized I did not know that Pippin also did a BR3 that are one bit images like (laughs) of water in games. So there's like the VR3 of like 3D renderings of water and then this incredible like the tiniest renderings of water in pixel art, which is so, so rad. I, I love this stuff. Like I genuinely, these are the kinds of things, these little experiments, these little projects and not, not obviously like everything that's a little experiment or a little project is interesting. I, I mean, work that Pippin has done. I, I'm going to extend that out to folks like Connor Sherlock and, and uh, even Kitty horror show to some extent, like interesting, small uh, work that like looks at interaction and looks at worlds and world design. It's just always very exciting to me. Um, mm-hmm. just as a concept and as something that like, Oh, you can fully explore an idea in five minutes and like actually get a really good grasp on it or actually look at it from a different point of view. Um, which I suppose fulfills the objective of often going to a museum and looking at something or interacting with something or hearing something. Um, and uh, my cat has decided that now is a good time to play fetch. And she has just deposited <laughs> her purple toy mouse, which is her favorite right now under my chair for me to throw for her. Um, Aww. I can't deny her this pleasure. So I will give her a, a little throw, but I'm going to try to throw it out of the room. So she goes over there. There we go. Live interaction with a live animal. The truest museum piece uh, that anyone could ever <laughs> could ever have. Um, I wanted to bring up, this is not a museum, but I have been playing so much Hitman 3 lately and yeah. enjoying that game so much and really, really loving it. And kind of loving it in ways that in the first game, not, not the first game, sorry, I didn't really play the first game. I watched a lot of the first game. I played a lot of the second game, but I never finished it. I think the second game was a game I wanted to love. And the third game is a game that I truly love. Um, have you played any of the Hitman games, Merritt? I played uh, a little bit of Hitman 2016. Okay, okay. I played... Uh, 
Yeah. I think I only played the one level because didn't, wasn't like the first, the one level was like free and then. Yeah. They had like a kind of cool for the time and interesting, like here's our, here's our game by levels. Like as you go, kind of. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sapienza, right. Like that first, uh, like. Super yeah. 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 I, because that was when I got a PS4. Sure. Uh, it back in 2016, I think for the first time. And I played through, yeah, I played through a bit of it and I've watched probably a lot more of people playing it. Like it's a game that I, I really enjoy watching people play yeah. because it it is so like slapstick and silly. And then I played some of like the earlier games in the series too, like back in the day, just because like my friends had them. Sure. And so I vaguely remember like weird stuff about the Hitman lore, like a level where you break into like the cloning facility where he was <laughs> made and then like kill a bunch of other bald guys. Yeah. And then kill the guy who like made you or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how much of that lore is like still like canon or whatever. But yeah, I watched uh, Colin yeah. play through some of um, some of Hitman 3 a week ago on stream. And it seems really cool. Yeah, I'm I am loving it from a point of view of like it is both to me, it feels like both an immersive sim in a lot of ways, which is one of my all-time favorite genres mm-hmm. because of that sandboxiness. Like that actual like a lot of the mayhem comes from systemic interactions, not just from like scripted encounters, um, which I right. enjoy. Like I love testing the limits of a simulation and seeing like well, what happens if I do this? Like, that's just fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love that this game supports that much more than I think previous games did. I think previous games were tuned a little bit more towards, no, you have to be a stealthy master assassin instead of like a wacky hijinks machine. Uh, yeah. And this one, I feel like it lets me get away with so much more. So I'm having like the time of my life with it, basically. I wanted to connect that to a museum. I couldn't. <laughs> there is interesting architecture. I'll put it that way. There are interesting level designs. There's a lot of cool things kind of happening. Uh, I guess you could kind of play it like in a museum like way where you just observe what's going on and vibe with everything that's going on, especially in like the Berlin level, which is a giant, massive industrial space that has been taken over as a nightclub. And like there's a Ooh. huge DJ and like a massive massive like kind of rave going on and then there's also like chill out spaces and like crowded bathrooms and like you could actually really get lost in the masses of people in it as well as the masses of buildings um that connection only goes like halfway though but it's okay it's friday is there a dj who looks like agent 47 i mean everybody can look like agent 47 he can wear (laughs) anything (laughs) god i love that like good (laughs) and i wish they just like pushed it further i love that like you can just like as soon as you take someone's clothes people just immediately like forget that you are like a seven foot tall bald man (laughs) with a barcode (laughs) on your the back of your head um and i wish you you could just like you know i wish there were no limits on like whose clothes clothing you could take so you could take like you know like some lady's dress which like would not fit him very well but like and then people just be like, oh, that's just Samantha. Right. That would be <laughs> like, great. <laughs> and he's just like standing there, like towering over someone like um, 
because it's already like that. It's already like, oh, that's clearly just the plumber, that intense looking Scandinavian man <laughs> who is seven feet tall. With bulging and is muscles. Completely like- <laughs> bald and is like ripped. That's clearly just the DJ, or like that's just like the detective, or like he's not any of those guys, obviously. <laughs> he could just be Samantha. Right? Like, yeah, um, I, I kind of do wish they I think it would be really, really funny. I, I just someone should make a mod where like you can just like take any um like anyone's clothes. Yeah. Honestly, because well, right. There's this whole interplay between anonymity and like being a specific character, or it's like, mm. oh, being the white man is default, and it's, it's like inherent, I guess, in in like the action genre in question and all that kind of shit. But it's also, yeah, like in the second game, you could be the fucking giant flamingo mascot or whatever. Like they're <laughs> they're willing to go goofy. It's okay, you know. There's like the clowns yeah. and shit that you can dress up as, like. Why not God, just yeah, be Samantha? You can just be a clown. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah, you sure can. You can just be a clown walking around this like this tower, this like in in Dubai among like the wealthiest people in the world, and you're just like a fucking clown. <laughs> it's really good. Like who let this clown in here? <laughs> oh, I love it. Actually, it's very, very, very good. Um. I've been replaying that level a lot, actually, because for the first time, I'm not just like tearing through and just like beating it to beat it. I'm actually going back and playing all the little mission stories and all the little objectives, mm-hmm. not like every single one. I'm not going to whatever 100 percent this game, I don't think um, that I think will probably be way too actually frustrating. But going back for a lot of the extras, like anything I find interesting, it's like a good excuse to kind yeah. of go back. That level does such a better job of kind of teaching you how to play this game than the actual tutorial does, which I think they just recycled from previous games, um, which is fine. Like, it's fine. Don't they don't need to make a new tutorial. It's just like this is a wonderful introduction level uh, to this game and like how it works and how all the different pieces kind of come together in so many ways. There also is like a really good exploding golf ball, uh, which makes me happy. Wait, what? Yeah. One of your targets is, like, a horrible billionaire awful man who, like, lives in the penthouse of this building. And, like, he likes to play golf on his penthouse. Like, just, I don't, <laughs> this is his thing, I guess. Okay. And you can get an exploding golf ball. So he explodes himself with his exploding golf ball. Like, you could just switch oh it God. out. <laughs> just very good. It's, it's good. They did a good job on this one. Good job, IOI. Good job. Um... Well, I guess speaking of good job, is there anything you wanted to highlight uh, some of your work or something that you worked on in the past week? Yeah. Um, God. We've been doing so much like internal organizational stuff this week, which isn't really like glamorous or anything. <laughs> yeah. Just like, you know, like getting getting our, our schedules all synced up and like. Yeah. Doing the thing in movies where everyone like puts their watches together and That's synchronizes. Us. That's us I'm doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is so actually I, exciting. Even if I could be a dork no, it for is. one second, it kind of is. Yeah. I become a giant nerd for this kind of stuff, like work process stuff, and like let's be efficient. I I never thought I would be this person because I always thought I was like whatever, I just do stuff. But now I'm like. 
This is actually fun. Okay, sorry. Please, please do go on with your your thought. No, I uh, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show or not, but I'm like a big uh, organizational person in terms of just like tasks and things. Like my like actual like life and like living space is not always super organized, but like I refuse to just like like if I have to do something. It goes in a list yeah. and like I, cause you shouldn't just try to remember things unless that works for you, but I don't think it works for most people. Yeah. I have like a whole system and I'm like more and less serious about it at various times, sure. but like it works for me. And, uh, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I like it. I like doing the stuff. I like organizing things. I feel like I should have potentially inferred that about you because you were the only person who actually used our task board for like the last year (laughs) (laughs) yeah I just like you know I just like keeping track of things yeah I mean otherwise things otherwise I'll forget things yeah um and you know if you you don't need to use fancy software necessarily if you can just write things down keep track of things that way that works but you should have some kind of system yeah 100% 100% I'm a system evangelist I love having systems for things except uh I don't know some things I think you shouldn't have a system for because once you say you have a system for them it's usually a bad sign there's pressure if you you say you have a system for gambling or drugs yeah um that's probably bad so the the solution there is to just never scrutinize your behavior at all <laughs> and just act on your complete whims and your id yeah. uh, like in hitman <laughs> like well i don't think the hitman is like an id driven creature <laughs> i mean the way i play it might be a little bit but... oh yeah okay <laughs> no i mean um, yeah I, I have a hard time uh, with impulse control in that game but again hitman 3 seems to be more forgiving than the first two so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well that's good uh yeah i don't we did a bunch of stuff this week uh i want to just highlight a list by Stephen yeah. scaife of uh the best indie games that you didn't play in 2020 Ooh. and uh this is a pretty long list uh it's got like over a dozen games on it that range from like uh like fixed camera horror games to like tactics uh like tactics things to like conspiracy like simulators like making up a conspiracy board of like you know red string tying everything together uh yeah there's like some really cool stuff on here i definitely have to check some of it out um yeah, Paula will put a link to that in the show notes. So if you want to check those games out, there should be a link just below. Um, some I don't think I actually played. I played, I think, yeah, two of these. I played Wildfire and Fae Tactics, mm, okay. uh, but I didn't, I didn't finish either one of them. But there's a bunch of stuff on here that I do kind of want to try, like... Um, a monster's expedition. Did you play that actually? I did not. And I meant it. That was, yeah, there's so many things on here where I'm like, Oh yeah, shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like a great yeah. reminder. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, that's a Drachneck game. Oh, cool. And, um, 
you did um, A Good Snowman is Hard to Build, Soka Bond, uh, got a bunch of other cool puzzle games like that. And I think A Monster's Expedition is supposed to be like a little less uh, brain melting. (laughs) Like it's (laughs) it's very like, it's supposed to be kind of like relaxing. But the full title of that game is actually A Monster's Expedition Through Puzzling Exhibitions. Okay, uh, and I it's about it. like a monster learning about people by going through different exhibitions. So it's kind of a museum thing. Oh, perfect. 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 On brand. Love it. I love Soko Bond so much that like, I don't know how I didn't play this. Clearly, I must do something about it. <laughs> um, yeah. I also really love Cosmic Express, which I think is maybe in that. Oh, yeah. In that wheelhouse a little bit. Uh Perhaps. Oh, so yeah. uh, that's the same uh, same people. That's also Drachnik. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, brain yeah, fart, Cosmic yeah. Express is like really pretty. I, I don't know that I have the brain for it. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, Alan Hazelden, I want to say, is one of the main Drachnik people. If oh, not, nice. I forget if Drachnik is like a solo thing or if it's like a small dev, but... I'm looking on steam and it looks like Drachnik and friends so that might be yeah it might yeah. be like oh Drachnik plus some other cool folks uh yeah very 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 cool shit well i know what i need to play again <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah that's a really really good piece who who wrote that was uh steven's oh uh, that was steven scape oh awesome awesome yeah. fantastic oh, that's really or is there anything else you wanted to highlight? Uh, I think that's uh, that's the main thing uh, for this week. Uh, Dylan uh, Dylan Roth continues to review WandaVision for us. Nice. So uh, if you are watching that show, or even if you're not and just kind of like want to know what it's about, uh, Dylan's recap slash reviews are really great, both on a level of just like taking the show for what it is. Yeah. Uh, and then also... There's like, he he does like, you know, the review where it's just like, here is like, you know, how they executed what they were trying to do. And then there's like a bit at the end where he's like, okay, and if, if you're a Marvel pervert, here's (laughs) how all this stuff like works. And like, here's my theories about this stuff, which is like, is kind of cool. I think a lot of places will do one or the other for this kind of thing. And uh, I like that Dylan's able to do both. Yeah, that's fantastic such an awesome writer i'm so glad that he uh contributes for us so often i um Merritt, i actually wrote this week <laughs> yeah uh, which i'm genuinely going to try to do more often it's one of the cool things again about like all the organizational stuff that we've been doing is that we have been like really thinking about how we use our time and like what we make time for and what we prioritize and i'm kind of like you know what fuck it i'm gonna play games again and write about them again Um, because this is something I really enjoy and it keeps me sharp and it keeps me frankly, like in tune with a lot of things. And I think that makes me better at my job job, right? Obviously this is all my job, but you know, at the other parts of my job. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, uh, I wrote like a, a bloggy piece about fear of missing out and Hitman three and how much I'm loving the game, which we talked about a little bit today. Um, but how my impulsiveness is like kind of a product of my FOMO in this game because the game is so rich and it's so big and there's so many things happening. 
uh, that I just want to like experience it all at once. And like, I love to think of myself as like a really patient person, like a strategic person. I love strategy games. I love tactics games. I love sitting there and like puzzling out the perfect thing. And I also love like really systemic games. Like I love immersive sims. I love like Mm -hmm. experimenting and playing with things. And those two instincts are so much at odds in Hitman three. And because it lets you do all this shit, uh, my impulsive nature is winning out most of the time. So I'll like, I will stand there in the shadows, in the perfect disguise. I will plan like a perfect interaction of, okay, I'm going to get this person and get that outfit. I'm going there with this item mm-hmm. and do that. But I will legit see something shiny. Like, oh, there's a fucking banana. And then I will just go get the banana and hit somebody with the banana and ruin everything. And then like clown shoes my way into a fucking garbage can and like hang out in the garbage can and like, a lot of what I'm experiencing is, like, I just need to fucking chill and, like, eat, pray, love my way around it a little bit and just be like, listen, Danielle, this playthrough will be for doing whatever you want. Just go through the main story. Like, fuck around. That's fine. And then later, we're going to come back to this level and then do all these, like, intricate things. And it's actually working. So I'm, I'm pleased that uh, writing this this little thing was was therapeutic for me and helping me enjoy Hitman to its fullest. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, hey, writing is is good for me in that it's both content and also helps me fucking figure out how I want to play. So, yeah, that's peace on the side. I think the t- the headline is something like the only friction in Hitman 3 is my FOMO. So <laughs> you can read it if you want, dear listeners. Um, Yeah. And also, we had a really good time, I think, talking about Venom on You Love to See It. So I wanted to shout that oh out. Oh, my God. As well. Yeah. <laughs> That's our movie podcast. In case you don't know, uh, You Love to See It uh, comes out every Thursday. And uh, we talk about a movie. And it's myself and Merritt and LB, uh, oftentimes. And it was this week. And we had a real good time talking about Venom and Tom Hardy and how being in your 30s is like a weird uh, sort of puberty. And this movie shows it. <laughs> mm-hmm. God, I just keep thinking about Tom Hardy in that movie. He's like <laughs> such a weird dude. Even yeah. before he becomes Venom, he's just a weird guy. Like the way he's just like walking around, like the scene where he goes into the, I guess maybe this is at the end of the movie when he goes into like the grocery store yeah. or the convenience store again. And that woman's like, how are you doing, Eddie? And he's like, oh, you know, aches and pains, aches and pains. And it's just like <laughs> the like people don't talk like that. Right. Like people don't talk like Eddie Brock. <laughs> uh, which is great that he yeah. does this. And um such a such a fucking take on the yeah, character. Go listen to that episode if you haven't already. It, yeah. We had a lot of fun on that one. It's the first superhero movie I watched in like three or four years, I think. Yeah. But uh doesn't count because it's not mcu <laughs> right it's it's kind of weirder and more fun because it's not mcu it's better probably. yeah so i think i liked it a lot better tbh yeah but yeah really good time really good time i suppose uh is that all the um the business we wanted to attend to before uh f- friending our reunion yeah i need a better outro mm-hmm. um with that um but yeah is there was there anything else you wanted to mention here today uh, I think that's it. Um, if you're listening to this on Friday, 
the 29th. Um, Merit Souls returns next week with Dark Souls 2. So, so excited for that. Yeah, we're going to jump right into Dark Souls 2 on Monday and uh, keep at it. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 730 Eastern until we're done. So I look I'm, forward to that. I'm honestly pumped. I've not played the second one. Uh, and I'm, I'm so curious. It has a mixed reception, I think. Yeah, that's that's my so understanding. We'll see. Uh, there's it, there's something about shields and magic in that one that's very different from the other ones. I don't know. Mm. That's all I know about it. I played a lot of three, which I'm also interested in seeing. Well, we'll get there. Way. Yeah, you know, Bronald we'll has a eventually. long journey, you know. Well, Bronald's <laughs> journey is over. I think the next, in two and three, we're going to be playing as different people. Oh, so okay. Okay. Definitely tune in Monday because we're going to be making our person. Yeah. So oh that God. you don't want to miss that. That's so exciting. Yeah. Please tune in, dear friends, because that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Do you want to announce uh, tonight's guest if, if people are excited? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this like right before, like right when it comes out, <laughs> sure. then um, we're streaming tonight at 730 uh, we're doing the last tech and stream for a while, which I've like really gotten into over the past week. Yeah. Uh, and a friend of the site, Pat Gill, is going to be on that. So uh, twitch.tv slash fanbite. And uh, you know what? There'll be an archive of it. So yeah, if you're there. listening to this after, <laughs> you can go find it. That's fine. You can watch it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. An archive of our own making. <laughs> anyway. Nice. Sorry. Good. Anyway, good. I think with that, on that note, we are ready to say goodbye for now. Uh, If you do have a moment, dear listener, please go ahead and rate and review our podcast. You can go right over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a little review and a little rating. Uh, And you can listen to all of our stuff, of course, at fanbyte.com slash podcasts or podcastnet.work. Either of those URLs will get you there. You can follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, TikTok on Fanbyte, uh, Instagram on Fanbyte, and of course, Everything we write and do is on fanbyte.com. And you can watch all of those awesome streams, including Merit Souls and the return of Merit Souls, on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Thank you so much to Paul Tamayo for producing this show and also having those excellent notes and knowing that it was Pippin Bar and VR3. Much appreciated for that, as always. Uh, and on that note, we're gaming here. Bye. <laughs> Bye.